Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and live from the Terrell Pryor School of Hallucination, it's the Fourth and Inches <laughs> Show with Jana and the Sherpa. Jana, how are you this week? I'm good. I'm good. Just still trying to make gonna, my way through all these injuries. <laughs> are the uh, Are the Cowboys going to run the table like the Browns and uh, end up playing them in the Super Bowl like Mr. Pryor uh, suggested the Browns would do? I mean, I would love that. I don't think either of those scenarios are really going to happen, though. <laughs> yeah, which one do you, do you think is less likely? I'm going to say the Browns are less likely. Oh, I think I, Jill I Stein has a better disagree. chance of winning the presidential election than the Browns do of uh, running <laughs> the table, but uh, I guess stranger things have happened. But yeah, this, We've anyway. seen stranger things. So, another week, another victory for the Cowboys and Ho-Hum. Giants took one on the chin. But, um, Sorry yeah. about that. Yeah, I don't think either no. of us can complain too much about our teams being 2-1 <clears throat> at this point in the season. No, I'll take it. I'll take it, for sure. It's, you know, better than it looked so, when the season started. So, we're not going to complain, but if people do want to complain, or if they don't want to complain but just want to talk to us, <laughs> what's the best way for them to get in touch with us? You can find us all over social media. Uh, you can find us at on Twitter at the number four THN Inches Show, at Fantasy underscore Sherpa, or JKIM16. Of course, you can find us all over social media tonight, every day, on Sunday when you need help with your lineups, whatever works. You can also find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page, fantasyfootballsherpa.com. And, of course, if you miss us, you can always go back on Blog Talk Radio or your favorite podcast provider and listen to our old shows just, you know, to get you through the week. <laughs> yeah. Cat just wandered in here. He told me he's a fan of the Lions, the Panthers, and the Jaguars, so we'll see how that works out for him this week. My cat's sleeping, so she doesn't have an opinion, apparently. <laughs> well, we'll see how we'll see you got to wake her up or wake him up. You can't sleep <clears> through this show. She's busy. She's Although I've done it on occasion before. but so. <laughs> In seven years, I right. could blame you. That's true. It's So, anyway, why don't we just um, dive right in then and uh, start taking a look at this week's games and Let's you tell it. me what you think is going to happen and I can tell you what I think is going to happen. How about, first off, the Thursday night game this week? We've got the spectacular about uh, with Miami traveling to... Cincinnati, what do you think is going to happen there as Miami uh, finishes the second half of this Ohio and Ohio back-to-back series? I think so. I think Miami is going to take this uh, 28-20. It's a Thursday night game. Weird things tend to happen. I think this week, despite uh, you know being without Arian Foster and being a little banged up, I think they're going to come out and kind of make a little bit of a statement here because they haven't really done that yet this season. This could be wishful thinking, but you know I'm, I'm going to go with it. What do you think? All right. I'm going to disagree with you right off the bat, and I'm going to say that Cincinnati pulls this one off. I have a little more faith in their offense, especially their pass offense against Miami's pass defense. So I'll go with uh, Cincinnati winning this in a nail-biter. I'll say Cincinnati 31, Miami 27. Fair enough. It's a high-scoring game on Thursday. I hope you're right for fantasy purposes, but I don't know. Okay, next up we've got the first London of the games in jolly old England, <laughs> which I assume means that Indianapolis and Jacksonville both have buys. Well, speaking of buys, we should mention <laughs> that not only do you have to contend with injuries this week, but you also have to contend with the two leading rushing defenses in the NFL, that being Green Bay and Philadelphia being on buy this week. So, you know, just and be aware there's the only 15 game. games. <laughs> and you've got the London game, which, you know, <laughs> Jacksonville, that's their home away from home, I guess, which is the NFL's way of saying we don't have faith in you to sell out your stadium because your team is pretty bad every year. Well, they did show some signs of improvement yeah, last year. Yeah. Those teams are all gone <laughs> by the wayside this year so far. But uh, there's still time. Blake Bortles is, is doing okay in the passing game, but their defense hasn't stepped up in their uh, run game in spite of uh, having Chris Ivory and T.J. Elden isn't uh, doing much this year. but um, So what's your prediction for the, the London game, Indianapolis to Jacksonville? I'm taking Jacksonville in a quasi-upset. It really depends who you ask. But I'm taking them 24-20. These are historically not very lo- uh, very high-scoring games. They're usually good for defensive purposes for your fantasy team. I, I don't think that trend will be too much here. Over there, isn't it? 
<laughs> it's it's a whole weird setup. Nothing good's happening there. Uh, no I offense, feel London. The triangle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I think I think that their run game is going to get a little more in the right direction. Uh, T.J. Yeldon, I'm a little concerned, but I'm not ready to sound the alarms yet. Uh, I think they're going to get back on track. Blake Bortles will look good, and this indie defense, which normally not great to be in with. Uh, they're not going to give up a ton of points, which is nice for fantasy purposes, but they're still not going to win the game. Uh, Indianapolis has a few too many question marks injury-wise for me. Plus, you know, being the road team in London is always a tough task. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Being a road team in London is a pretty tough task. But what's your score for that game? Uh, 24-20 Jacksonville. 24-20. Okay. I agree with you on the Jacksonville part of the 24, but I'm going to say that Indianapolis finds just enough of a running game and just enough of a passing game to offset Blake Bortles' passing. So I'm going to go with Indy in a quasi-quasi-unupset. I'll go with uh, Indy to win this 27-24. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, so let's now let's get on to the to real games. Mainland America here. <laughs> yeah, America. We've got the... Uh, not only America, but the first game up is in Boston. So how much more American can you get than that? I mean, but, not a lot. Um, I'll, I'll no, say that. I don't think so. <laughs> so Buffalo at New England, uh, I don't know. This is. This sounds like it could potentially be a blowout on paper, but I think you know, this game, surprisingly, I think it's going to feature a lot more running than passing. I think both teams are going to be able to move the ball on the ground against the other team, but I'll say New England just finds a way to pull another rabbit out of the hat and completes a 4 no run without Tom Brady, which makes you wonder what they're going to do with Tom Brady. They can't possibly oh, get any better, at least not record-wise. So I'll go with New England to win this game. I'll say New England 28, Buffalo 20. Uh, I've got New England 28, Buffalo 17, so right along the same vein. We don't even know who's going to play quarterback. Um, we, it doesn't even seem to matter. <laughs> they could run They could run Sherpa Rye out there, and Bill Belichick's still going to find a way to win this game and probably make no, not, you know, not another team look foolish. I throw a nice spiral. So. <laughs> I throw a nice spiral when there's no rush. <laughs> I'm very elusive. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I, I think that I'm Bill okay. Belichick finds a way, and this Patriots, I just I don't know how he does it, but he's going to. Uh, I'd like to think LeGarrette Blunt's going to have a nice game, but because it seems logical, it's probably not what will happen. So who really even knows? She had a nice game in that Thursday night game last week. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, all right, next up we go down the turnpike. Not the turnpike down the uh, I-95 to New York, and we've got uh, the Jets hosting Seattle. And not really sure what to expect in this game. Seattle with Marshawn Lynch always lived and died by the run. This year, that's not so much the case. Jets have shown much more ability on the ground than on the through the air so far. Ryan Fitzpatrick has definitely not been justifying the Jets' nope. decision to resign him so far. You know, Thomas Rawls out for a while. Christian Michael looking good so far. They just signed C.J. Spiller today. Who knows how much of a role mm-hmm. he's going to play, but uh, Jets receivers are banged up, and I think the Everybody Seahawks will on the be Jets able to do just up. enough. Yeah, I think the Seahawks will be able to do just enough through the air to offset what the Jets will be able to do on the ground, so I'll go with the final score of uh, Seahawks 27, Jets 20. Well, and don't forget Russell Wilson's got the, the sprained MCL. It's like a whole, it's a whole thing on both both teams here. Neither one of them are even close to healthy. Um, I, what concerns me the most is how little faith do they have in Geno Smith that you can go out and let Ryan Fitzpatrick throw six interceptions and not even a hint of putting somebody else in the game. Like that's concerning. Um, but I think Seattle is still gonna be better than the Jets this week, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, until you look like you might even be relevant, it's hard to pick the Jets to win any of these games, uh, no matter you know how good anybody on that field is. I'm taking Seattle 27-21. Okay. Next up, we've got what I think is going to be one of the few blowouts this week. Generally, I'm looking at a bunch of high-scoring games. 
this week mm-hmm. between uh, evenly matched teams or at least uh, evenly matched lack of defenses. This game, Chicago's just been a train wreck so far. and So bad. Know, losing Jeremy Langford, some people are arguing that, you know, that that's actually a good thing because this will give uh, you know, Howard a, a chance to shine. I, I'm Jordan Howard, a chance to shine. I'm not buying that. I think Detroit, you know, they've, they've shown a good run game in spite of losing Amir Abdullah. You know, they've still got Theo Riddick, and uh, Dwayne Washington showed some skills last week. So I think they're – and, you know, Marvin Jones, you know, who knew he was going to be, you know, make you know, people not wow. make Calvin Johnson come out of all nowhere? that much. Well, I mean, he was a good second or third, you know, receiver in Cincinnati there, you know, with the with yeah, new behind, but, you know, A.J. Green, but nobody thought he'd be a, a top dog kind of receiver. But through three games yeah. so far, he's really lightened it up, and I think that's going to continue this week. I'll go with um, the Detroit 38, the, the Jay Cutlerless Bears 20. Well, they're still calling Jay Cutler questionable, but he's not going to play this week. Well, he's uh, questionable even when he plays. That not that the truth? I mean, honestly, I, like, I have family that lives in Chicago and are big Bears fans, and I have friends out there, too. And, you know, like, it's just not that fun to trash talk a team that, like, already, like, their fans don't even believe in them. Like, I had more faith in the Bears being able to score last week than actual Bear fans did. And, like, it's just, it's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun for anybody. Well, they did have uh, a great week, defense 30 years ago. Yeah, and that's really, you know, what they have to hold on to. Like, I have the Super Bowls of the early 90s. They have a once-vaulted defense. That's, you know, that's yep. what it is. Um, but I'm going to take Detroit 34-21. Uh, I just, I feel bad for Chicago. And, oh, now my cat's making an appearance. Sorry for the meowing into the phone. <laughs> I assume that means your cat likes the Lions. She apparently is taking the Lions as well. <laughs> so, okay. So there you All have right. it. <laughs> My cat just left, or one of our cats just left, so I guess there's a, a cat quota for our show here. <laughs> Only one cat in the studio at a time. Apparently. All right. You're welcome, so, world. <laughs> okay. So next up, we've got uh, Carolina at Atlanta. Carolina live and die by their defense last year. This year, I think um, their offense is going to have to carry them in this game. Atlanta has a high-powered offense, too. I wouldn't be surprised if these two teams combined for 80 points. That's a high scoring. I think this game is going to be, I just think that Carolina is a little bit more uh, going for it. I think uh, Cameron Artis Payne is going to have a big game this week. And I I don't think Kelvin Benjamin is going to get shut out two weeks in a row, especially not going up against Atlanta's defense. I'll pick Carolina to win this 44-37. That'll probably be the highest scoring game I pick all season. Wow, that is aggressive. I see it a little bit differently. I still am picking Carolina to win, but I have it at a much more conservative 23-21. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's a totally different score. Same result. Um, I – yeah, I, I think that neither of these defenses... My version are of the per- game would be much more exciting to watch than yours. I, than I hope yours is what happens. Oh, like, like, that would be much okay. more interesting for me to watch. But I just... There's a lot of a lot of question marks and just the way they play each other historically. I just... I'm, I don't know if I feel like that's gonna, how it's going to go. <laughs> okay. So we're, we're a little off on that one, to put it lightly. Just a little bit. All right, next up we've got <laughs> Oakland at Baltimore. Hard to know what to make of these two teams. have been up and down. At least Oakland's defense finally showed up last week, although you could argue yeah. that their, their defense the first two weeks, that that was more a function of playing Atlanta and New Orleans offenses than it was, that they're not very good. But then again, you know, both of those offenses are much uh, more high-powered than Tennessee's. Baltimore probably is somewhere in between the, those two extremes, but I think Oakland on the strength of its run game is going to be able to do more than Baltimore will with its pass game. So even though they're on the road on the East Coast, which you know, we always hear the, the, the adage about you know, West Coast teams not doing well in Sunday early games on the East Coast, I'm going to pick Oakland to win this. I'll say Oakland 31, Baltimore 27. Okay, I've got Oakland 27, Baltimore 23, so we're a lot closer on this one. Um, I think that just a product of Oakland's offense being significantly healthy, healthier than Baltimore's is, 
Um, they're they're running out of running backs at a pretty alarming rate there. Uh, I, I think that they'll have enough. They need this win a little bit more than Baltimore does, and I think they're going to come out hungry on the road and make a statement. Not a big one, but they'll make a statement. All right. Well, maybe Baltimore can put Michael Phelps in the background, in the backfield, or Ryan Lochte or something. I mean, he's going to gain at least two yards every time he just falls down. It's. I don't. I don't That's see true. how this could, you know, go wrong. Me neither. He's looking for a new career, so. so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they always talk about Usain Bolt playing professional football as a wide receiver. I think they should uh, try Michael Phelps instead, or maybe one team, maybe the you know some team that's out of it towards the end of the season, like the the Browns. If you don't believe Terrell Pryor or the Bears, you know, you just sign both those guys and stick them out there and see what happens. Yeah, why not? I mean, I'd watch it. So would I. Yeah. So send them to London. Got, uh, then I'm really involved in that game. <laughs> yeah, then you might even wake up in time for that game. Maybe. So, so next up we've got Tennessee at Houston. Um, like I was saying with um, one of the earlier games, the Buffalo-New England game, I think this is going to be dominated by the run for both teams. Mm-hmm. I think Tennessee has a little bit more there than than Houston does. I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a huge factor in this game. Hopefully a little bit more of one than he was against New England, but still not enough. I'll go with Tennessee to win this by a field goal on the road. I'll take Tennessee 24, Houston 21. I've got Tennessee 28, Houston 17. I'm continuing my trend of not being excited about this Houston team, and the defense missing J.J. Watt makes me less so. Uh, Tennessee's defense maybe isn't getting quite as much love as I think it should be. Uh, I think they're they're producing better than expected, and I think they'll be able to stifle this Houston offense and win this pretty handily. Okay, so not as much of a difference as we had on Atlanta and Carolina, but that one's just still. shockingly different. But I mean, yeah. I'm I'm almost more curious to see now what happens with that game than anything else. <laughs> see now you watch it before you wouldn't have watched it. Well, maybe you wouldn't. You make have, a but... I mean, I'm I'm all about the red zone, so. <laughs> okay. All right, so next up we've got Cleveland at Washington. This was supposed to be RG3's triumphant return to Washington. Instead, we get Cody Kessler's not-so-triumphant, uh, you know, it's not even his debut anymore. I guess it's his uh, his second view, whatever the word for that would be. But anyway, he's on the road against, you know, another maligned quarterback. But, um, you know, I just... I don't know. I, I think, you know, Washington, they, they showed me a little something there, and it's not just because they beat my team last week, but yeah, I think yeah. they are perhaps a little bit more functional with Kirk Cousins than, than people thought they would be. You know, this whole thing about how he's playing for the contract and he's going to be a mess all season long. Certainly well, I mean, he has, he's, Giants, in all fairness, but, he was a mess the first two weeks. We, I think we can safely say that. Yeah, but why couldn't he be a mess against my team you know, all right, I'll, I'll stop powering. You don't want me to. You just don't want me to answer analysis. that question. <laughs> Nothing good's gonna happen here. <laughs> no. So anyway, um, Cleveland at Washington. I think this is going to be another game without much defense. Not quite as bad as the Carolina Atlanta game, but I'll say both teams here crack thirty. I'll go with um, Washington to win this on a late field goal. I'll say Washington thirty-four, Cleveland thirty-one. Okay, we're we're along the same lines here. I've got Washington 38, Cleveland 31. This can't be the Terrell Pryor show. I mean, Terrell Pryor is going to play a very big role here, but it's not going to be quite to the extent of last week. I'm not looking at 200 all-purpose yards here. Um, and I think we saw, well, you know, people who weren't Giants fans, saw some really nice glimpses out of Kirk Cousins last week. I liked seeing that he was taking the shots down the field to Deshaun Jackson, even though his legs stopped working and he couldn't catch the ball. But, the the pieces that made this offense work so well last year started to emerge last week, and I think they're going to build on that trend this week. Uh, you know, they're at home. They're playing a team that maybe isn't the greatest in Cleveland, and I think they'll be able to rebound and kind of build off this momentum, which as fans of NFC East teams, we hope kind of stops after this week, but they can roll with it for now. <clears throat> you know, Cleveland, between Pryor's emergence and, you know, when they get Josh – Gordon back next week, and then they get, yeah. you know, 
Corey Coleman back in a in a few weeks, hopefully from his you know, fractured hand. That's going to be a pretty decent so receiving core there. Yeah, but yeah, they have they have. I mean, if everyone stays healthy and performs even close to their ceiling, they could have you know a, a top three that would rival a lot of other teams. They'd be almost you know it, they'd definitely be in the top third. I think of receiver receiving cores in this league. And you know, with Isaiah Crowell and. And Duke Johnson there, they've got a, a decent... A really, decent all they need too. is a just quarterback. Really the quarterback <laughs> is the piece that's missing there right now. Who knows, maybe Cody Kessler, the USC fan, maybe he can you know, surprise yeah. people and surpass that. I mean, he wasn't bad last week. I'm not a fan of running an NFL offense, you know, as a Division One football offense where you're splitting time between quarterbacks. I think that's a recipe for disaster long-term. But, you know, if it it's a way for him to kind of ease into it, I'm okay for another week or two. But then, you know, he, he's either going to work or he's not. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure Terrell Pryor, much as it was fun to watch that last week, I'm not sure you really want him as your mentor if you're trying to become a successful NFL quarterback. I'm going to be honest, the craziest stat I heard out of that game last week was the last player to have 10 rush yards, receiving yards, and passing yards in a game before Terrell Pryor was Tom Brady. So, marinate on that. Surprised he ever caught a pass. The other part, exactly. I mean, I'm not sure which is more surprising. And then he got he 10 yards down the field because he's not fleet of foot. No, he all. isn't. <laughs> no. It, yeah, I can't even imagine what that was. Maybe that was, you know, one of those supposed kneel down plays at the end of the game, and he just surprised people. And, yeah, Deion Butler or Julian Edelman throwing the ball or something, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's cat. just weird. <clears throat> you don't generally yeah. think of Tom Brady and Terrell Pryor in the same stat category. You know, it just it feels weird. No, but who knows, maybe one soon one day we'll be referring to Terrell Pryor's four Super Bowl rings. I doubt it, but No, I don't I don't think that's happening. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna go no on that. <laughs> We've right. gone too far on a limb now. Still pretty <laughs> Still pretty early in Terrell Pryor's career and pretty late <laughs> in Tom Brady's career, so we'll see. All right, next up we have one of the other games, which I don't think is going to be so close this week. We've got Los Angeles at Arizona. Uh, Los Angeles, Todd Gurley might get some running yards, but I, I don't really trust um, you know Kenny Britt's show against Arizona's defense. I think Arizona's going to be able to run and pass the ball at will at home against Los Angeles. I think they win this by two touchdowns. I'll go with the final score of um, Arizona 31, Los Angeles 17. And I skipped a game, but we'll get back to it. That's okay. I actually have the exact same score for this. Um, Arizona's got to bounce back. That was not great, a great showing for anybody not named David Johnson really last week. Um, this is a game that their offense is going to kind of get back on track, look more like what we predicted it to, and – the Rams, they need something, and what they're doing is not working for them. I think we're going to see Jared Goff sooner rather than later, and hopefully that injects something into this offense. But right now, uh, it just it can't just be the Todd Gurley show because obviously that's not successful. So they need to figure out some other kind of game plan, and I don't think they have it together for this week. Okay, so the game that we skipped or the game that I skipped, Jenna didn't skip it, I skipped it, was the okay. Denver at Tampa Bay game. This, this could be mildly amusing. I don't say, I'm surprised Denver has been giving up a fair amount of yards um, on the ground so far this year. You know, not much yep. through the air, but I think Tampa Charleston's, I think they'll be able to take advantage of that somewhat, but I just, think that Denver's offense is going to be able to exploit Tampa Bay's defense if the Rams could do it. You know, I have faith that the Broncos will do it. Trevor Simeon seems to be settling in pretty nicely as the quarterback. So I'll go with a final score at Denver 28, uh, Tampa 24. Yeah, Trevor Simeon has, you know, shown that defenses have to play the Broncos honestly now. You can't cheat to the pass or the run. It's got to be kind of straight down the middle because you've got C.J. Anderson there that's a real viable threat. And Trevor Simeon showed us last week that, you know, he can get the job done through the air if he has to, and I think that's, you know, going to be the deciding factor here that Tampa Bay can't cheat one way or the other on this defense. And I just 
I have a uh, 27-20, a Denver win. I don't think it's going to be an incredibly high-scoring game, but I think Denver is going to have this pretty well in control most of the game. Okay. Next yeah. up, we've got the uh, Drew Brees Bowl, the, the team that, that um, had Gave him away. versus the team yeah. that uh, had him smartly for the past decade. I mean, certainly San Diego can't well. complain about Todd Rivers. I mean, not Todd Rivers, Philip Rivers and all, but uh, still. Um, so in this rematch, I just, New Orleans, they just don't play enough. They don't stop people, and I just don't think they're going to be At able all. to stop San Diego. So, yeah, I, I think San Diego, not quite as potent in offense as Atlanta, but I still think that they're able to crack 30, and <clears throat> I'll go with San Diego winning this by a field goal. Final score, San Diego 34, New Orleans 31. I've got San Diego 31, New Orleans 27. Uh, New Orleans is really banged up, not even close to 100%. They've got a lot of guys with bumps and bruises. San Diego obviously has lost half their roster already, but that's just how they play now every year. It's like that. So it's kind of an old hat to them. Uh, I think that both through the air and on the ground, Melvin Gordon and Phillip Rivers are both going to have really nice days here. And it's not like the San Diego defense is all that much to write home about either. They're just a little better than the New Orleans defense is. Agreed. So now we get to another game that pains me to pick Dallas, but I have to do it. I think they're going to – be able to run all day. Actually, I think both of these teams will be able to run at will, but the difference will be that Dak Prescott will be able to muster up some passing offense, and I can't really say the same thing about Blaine Gabbert. I'll go with the final score here of uh, Dallas 31, San Francisco 24, and I'm guessing that's a little bit higher scoring than you have this. Yep, yep. Uh, I've got Dallas 24-21, so I think it's going to be a close game. Obviously, uh, Des Bryant is pretty banged up. They're talking about him still playing despite him having a slight hairline fracture and in his knee. Um, I just, I think they'll probably still put him on the field. I think that's a mistake, but I think that Dallas is still going to pull this one out, even in San Francisco. It's just Blaine Gabbert doesn't strike fear into your hearts, despite the Cowboys' defense barely having enough people to even field a defense. I think they'll be able to to score enough points to beat San Francisco this week. Okay, next up we've got the Sunday night game with Kansas City. You know, um, you know, coming off that home victory against the Jets, Pittsburgh coming off the road defeat at Philadelphia, losing the battle yeah. of Pennsylvania last week. But um, oh, I, think Pittsburgh, I think Pittsburgh rebounds here. I think they'll be able to do whatever they want against Kansas City's defense. I think Kansas City, surprisingly, will probably have more luck or success passing the ball. You don't really think of you know, Kansas City's offense is revolving around Alex Smith, but I think if they're going to have any chance this week, he's going to have to do it in the air because I don't see Spencer Ware or Trekendrick West or Jamal Charles in the unlikely of any plays doing much against Pittsburgh's run defense. So I'll go with a final score of Pittsburgh 31, Kansas City 24. I've got the Steelers winning this 24-21. Uh, again, another lower-scoring game. The Steelers need to bounce back in a big way. They got embarrassed badly last week. Uh, Kansas City, just to me, I agree with you. I think they're going to have to do this through the air. I just don't think that they have enough to get over the hump. Uh, the Steelers are welcoming back Le'Veon Bell, and I think the offense is going to need to kind of gel again, and I still think they're going to they'll, – they'll do enough to win, but I don't think they're going to make a huge statement with this game. Okay, so since this is a fantasy football show, I might as I might as well ask a fantasy point a question halfway yes. into the show. Um, Let's do it. You, if you have crazy. D'Angelo Williams, do you drop him or do you keep him in hopes no. that uh, Levy and Bell will either you know either you know you know share duties or possibly get hurt or you know you know as as a D'Angelo Williams gift. owner, I can speak pretty uh, pretty well on this subject. Uh, I'm keeping him at least for a couple of weeks. I'm going to see what happens, especially with the rash of injuries going around with running backs lately. Um, The fact that it could turn into a timeshare like so many offenses are running anyway. Uh, I'm going to hang on to him just to see what happens, but I'm only going to give it two or three weeks. Okay, I'm I'm cutting him this week in the one week that I have him. I just that's okay. I don't. 
yeah, so we differ on that, but uh, that's why we're here. What a shock. All right, and then, <laughs> and then finally, surprise. the Monday night game, the Giants at Minnesota. I'm almost positive we're going to pick this one differently, too. Hmm. It's easy to look at Minnesota's defense and say they should dominate the Giants. Giants don't have a running game. Passing game didn't look so good, you know, at times against, excuse me, Washington, but I think... Minnesota's offense, you know, Sam Bradford's been getting all sorts of accolades, and you look at the stats and you realize they're really at the bottom of the heap passing yardage-wise, and I don't Mm -hmm. really see that getting much better this week. So I'm going to take the Giants to, you know, eke out a road win here. I'll go with a score of uh, Giants 24 and Minnesota 17 in one of my lower-scoring games of the week. Yeah, you were wild with the the points this week. I like it. Um, I don't like your pick. I think Minnesota is going to take this 24-20. They are at home on Monday night. Sam Bradford, Mr. I just saw UFO all the time. He it he works in this offense. It's not always pretty. It's never going to be, you know, big point producing, but it works. And your Giants have almost no running backs to speak of now. Like, you are eligible at running back for the New York Giants this week. The injuries are just atrocious. This is going to have to be Eli Manning's show. He's going to have to throw a lot, and when he throws a lot, there are interceptions, and I think that's going to be the downfall here. Minnesota's defense is pretty good. Uh, I'm going to give him the win this week. I know that's not what you want to hear, but what a surprise. <laughs> so you don't trust Orleans Darkwell and Bobby Rainey? Not even Burton? a little bit. Not as far okay. as I could throw them, and I can't throw them very far. All right, well, I – We'll see what happens there, but um, I have a little more faith in the Giants' passing game than apparently you do. That's good. You, you do, should. You are a Giants fan. We'll you see. should have way more faith in them. Than I am. <laughs> I am. So, so let's um, get into some position-specific advice then. So, running backs, uh, hit us up with the injury news here. Who, who should we be staying away from this week, both from <gasps> the five standpoint right, and the breath. injury standpoint? Le'Veon Bell coming back, as we talked about before. D'Angelo Williams is now RB2. Uh, prepare accordingly. Arian Foster is not going to play this week with his hamstring injury. Take whoever you want out of that crazy Miami backfield. Chris Ivory is questionable with a calf injury. It's likely he's going to play. Jamal Charles, on the other hand, questionable with a knee injury. Not as likely he's going to play. Charkhandrick West is in limited in practice with his own ankle injury, but he looks like he's on track to play this week. Jonathan Stewart's going to be out another week with that hamstring injury. Tevin Coleman's questionable with an ankle injury. He's going to play. I would stay away from him this week. He's going to be limited, I would think. Pretty much any Baltimore running back not named Justin Forsett is questionable and banged up, primarily with knee injuries. I'm looking at you, Kenneth Dixon and Trent Richardson. Thomas Rawls is out with his calf injury. It looks like he's going to miss pretty significant time. Jeremy Langford's not going to play with that ankle injury. Doug Martin missing another week with his hamstring injury. Rashad Jennings, uh, a late scratch last week. He's questionable with that thumb injury. Not looking great, but we'll see. And Shane Vereen is uh, going to be done possibly for the year, but at least for another six weeks with uh, tricep surgery he's going to have this week. So a lot of big names, a lot of question marks. So that brings you to the waiver wire then. And my top pickups this week would be uh, Jordan Howard in Chicago, Dwayne Washington in Detroit, if he's still there, Cameron Artis Payne, Carolina, um, uh, DeAndre Washington in Oakland, Kenyon Drake in Miami, Terrence West in Baltimore, Jay Ajayi in Miami, uh, the newly signed Joyce Bell in Chicago, Orleans Darkwall with the Giants and CJ, the new, the even new, more newly signed CJ Spiller in Seattle who might be a nice yeah. fit with that offense since they're uh, turning increasingly more to the pass this year. Yeah, but you know, with Russell Wilson having a bum leg, might have to go back to the run game. Um, so who are you liking this week as far as running backs go? Um, McGarrett Blunt and uh, LaShawn McCoy mm-hmm. I like um, for the Jets. You know, I think Matt Forte is a, is a good pick this week. Um, Atlanta, Devontae Freeman, you know, it looks good to me. Oakland, I think either of their running backs you could go with. Um, Tennessee, DeMarco Murray or yes. – or uh, Derek Henry, um, Lamar Miller with Houston, um, Isaiah Crowell or Duke Johnson with Cleveland, um, David Johnson with Arizona, Melvin Gordon, San Diego, um, Ezekiel Elliott, 
uh, Le'Veon Bell. Those those are some of the names that jump out at me. Uh, I also really like C.J. Anderson. Um, Carlos Hyde, I think, could have a real big game against Dallas this week. Not yep. excited about it, but he's on my fantasy team, so I'll take it. Take what I can. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt, like you mentioned. Jordan Howard, I think, you know, will be able to do some damage against Detroit, especially grab him off your waiver wire. And in daily fantasy leagues, he is so cheap. Uh, I think Matt Jones is going to have a resurgence this week. I think he's going to become fantasy relevant again. He looks like he's significantly healthier. He's practicing more. And like I said, I liked what I saw out of the offense last week. The the Redskins kind of look like they're finding themselves a little bit. TJ Yeldon, I like him more as a flex option. He burned me last week really badly, and I'm not happy about it. But he's got a good matchup, so I'm willing to take a risk again this week. All right. I actually uh... – I shouldn't say this, but I actually cut T.J. Eldon in one of my leagues this week. I forget, oh, you know, who I picked up instead of him. Probably someone like Cameron Artis Payne, but I just I, I'm oh, I, I'm tired of waiting sure. for him. I'm not. I'm never. I'm like waiting for Godot, waiting for T.J. Eldon. I don't know why, but I'm just, right. I'm very invested in him. I'm usually very conservative <laughs> and hold on to people way too long, but this year I'm trying another tact and I'm, You're I'm trying just to be more freewheeling. Cut everybody. I won't say cut freewheeling, Yeldon, but I'm, I'm cut, definitely... Cut D'Angelo Williams, everyone's got to go. It's a fire sale. Yeah, so if I wind up with a backfield of Orleans, Dark Wand, Joyce Bell at the end of the season, you'll know why. <laughs> that team probably won't do very well. Actually, the team probably. where I did that, I've I've already lost, I think, three of my you know, week one guys. You know, Keenan Allen is gone, mm. and Amir Abdullah is gone, and... Um, um, not good. Um, uh, the the indie receiver whose name I'm blanking on right now. Dante, Dante Moncrief. Moncrief all, yeah, all, I had him on a couple. All of three teams. of those guys in my week Oof. one lineup, all three gone. So I just, you know, you have an underperformer like T.J. Elvin. I can't. Uh, and there's somebody like Jordan no Howard, Cameron Artist Payne on the waiver <laughs> wire. I don't have time to wait anymore. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I'm all, T.J. Elvin. I got you. I got your back. Sherpa does not. You're you're sitting on his curb. <laughs> Your history. Yep. Kick to the curb. So, all right. Uh, any players you really want to avoid among the running backs, or should we just move ahead uh, to the wide receivers? Let's just keep rolling. Let's just let's get okay. crazy. All right. So, wide receiver wise, uh, injuries that we should be paying attention to. Who are yep. they? Yep. Yep. A whole mess load of them. Okay. Des Bryant, like I said, has a slight hairline fracture in his knee. He still thinks he's going to play. He's crazy enough. They'll put him on the field. Jerry Jones doesn't care. He'll be out there. I don't recommend starting him, but we'll get to that. Jarvis Landry's questionable with a shoulder injury. Uh, that, I think, is going to go a little closer to game time. Keep an eye on it. Devontae Parker is questionable with a hamstring injury. He looks like he should be fine. Julio Jones is uh, always on this list. He's questionable. He's got a bad calf. He's going to play this week. Mohamed Sanu is questionable with a shoulder injury. He should be fine to go. Kendall Wright, questionable with a hamstring injury. I'm going to watch that one pretty closely. Sammy Watkins didn't play last week. He's questionable this week with the foot injury. If I'm the Bills, I sit him again, but they don't tend to listen to me, so he'll probably be out there. Eric Decker's questionable with a shoulder injury. This has been bugging him for a couple of weeks. He's going to get an MRI. Keep an eye on that. Depending on how those results come back, could be uh, pretty dicey because he's about the only person on that offense I like right now. Corey Coleman still got his broken hand. Hasn't healed in a week. I don't know why. Um, he's not going to play this week. He's probably out another two weeks. Alshon Jeffries questionable with a knee injury. He'll be out there. Michael Floyd's got a concussion. He's questionable. That one, keep an eye on. He's still in the concussion protocol. Uh, obviously, Larry Fitzgerald's looking better and better with that. Marquise Colston's questionable with a shoulder injury. Willie Sneed's questionable with a toe injury. If you're a New Orleans wide receiver, you're pretty much questionable as a whole right now. So heed the warning. Watch come, come game time. He doesn't have the stamina. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> All right. So on to the waiver wire recommendations. Terrell Pryor, who does have a lot of stamina. I almost said stamina, but I meant stamina. <laughs> San Antonio Holmes. <laughs> He's been retired for a few years, thankfully, now. But that was a really tough one for a long time here. <laughs> But they trip me up consistently. So um, Terrell Pryor, Steve Smith, looks like he's having a resurgence in Baltimore yeah. back from his injury. 
Kenny Britt in Los Angeles, Robert Woods, who's the de facto top dog in ball in Buffalo now, and Clem mm-hmm. Bolden has caught touchdowns, I think, the last two weeks in a row. Uh, Jamison Crowder starting to break through in Washington. Pierre Garçon in Washington had a nice game last week. Uh, Quincy and Nunwa, in spite of Ryan Fitzpatrick's struggles, if Eric Decker and um, you know, Brandon Marshall are still banged up, he figures to get a lot of targets. Ted Gang Jr. in Carolina, Corey Brown in Carolina, Seth Roberts in Oakland. Kenny still showing signs of life again in Miami. Former Dolphin Richard Matthews showing signs of life in Tennessee. Adam Humphreys mm-hmm. in Tampa. Adam Thielen in Minnesota. And uh, your friend Cole Beasley is uh, also still out there in a lot of leagues. Everybody pick Cole Beasley up. He's about to have a huge week. Um, spoiler alert, he's on my must-start list. Uh, he and Dak Prescott already have good chemistry. Des Bryant's got a knee that isn't going to work that well. I think that's a no-brainer. I like Marvin Jones this week. Coming off a big week, I don't think his numbers maybe will be quite as high, but the Chicago defense is like Swiss cheese. They're ready to give up points. I'm ready for it to rain Marvin Jones' fantasy points. T.Y. Hilton, uh, he historically, like he's been good the last couple weeks, but historically averages over 100 yards per game versus the Jaguars. He loves to play them. I love to start him when they go to Jacksonville. Larry Fitzgerald's going to have a bounce back week, as is that whole offense. Uh, Like I said, Got a couple injuries there. He's going to get some more looks. Deshaun Jackson, despite having knee and ankle injuries, um, he got some good deep looks last week. I think it's going to continue. Like I said, I think they're on the upswing. Start him this week. Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, I like them both. Terrell Pryor, it's pretty much the best thing that Cleveland has going right now. I'd milk that as long as I can. Travis Benjamin's got a great matchup versus New Orleans. Cole Beasley, Cole Beasley, Cole Beasley. I can't tell you enough. Okay, for me, um, A.J. Green with Cincinnati has a really nice matchup this week, I think. Um, for Miami, whichever of their receivers are healthy, I also like. Jacksonville, Allen Robinson, uh, Seattle, I think Doug Baldwin's in for a big week. Um, Atlanta, Julio Jones, if he plays, you know, whoever is playing wide receiver there should have a big day. Uh, Kelvin mm-hmm. Benjamin, I think, is going to rebound for Carolina. Um, Baltimore, Steve Smith, I think, is likely to have another big week. Washington, Deshaun Jackson, if he's healthy. Otherwise, the, the guys I just mentioned off the waiver wire, Jameson Crowder and Pierre Garçon might help you. Arizona, I think, you know, that three-headed monster there, assuming they're healthy, mm-hmm. Larry Fitzgerald and uh, Michael Floyd and John Brown. You know, Travis Benjamin, as you mentioned, in San Diego, the New Orleans receivers. Um mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, Antonio Brown, Kansas City. You know, I think uh, Jeremy Macklin is in for a big week. So uh, plenty of guys to yeah. choose from. I agree with you so, there. Just as a reminder, if we don't mention somebody as either someone to avoid or someone to start, it doesn't mean that you know we've forgotten about them or, or anything. It just means we don't like them enough to mention them as a must-start and we don't you know, dislike them enough to mention them as an avoid at all costs. So they're, you know, they're, they're, they're okay area. to start, but they're not on the you know, <laughs> they're they're on the meh list rather than the <laughs> yeah or the boo. Is there so, is there anybody in particular that you don't like at wide receiver this week? Uh, I I don't like the Buffalo. I mean Robert Woods. I you know, I mentioned him before as a waiver wire pickup, but I don't like the matchup this week. Surprisingly. No. You know, Julius Edelman, you know, Julian Edelman. I don't. He's on. He's on my like. list too. Um, Detroit. I'm not as crazy about Marvin Jones as I have been in some of the weeks past. The the Tennessee and the Houston receivers. Not so crazy about them. Um, surprisingly, uh, let's see who else do I have on my my avoid list? Yeah, that's that's it for the most part. Um, I've got both Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall on here, not just because Ryan Fitzpatrick's ineffective, but they're both injured. Um, Sterling yep. Shepard's a little hit or miss for me. He's got to be more of a flex option for me right now. Uh, I don't love the matchup, as we talked about earlier. And despite Des Bryant wanting to play, I really don't think he's a smart play this week. No, but, yeah. You know, People are still going to start him. Yeah. I'm sure they will, but, yeah, like you said, he's probably hobbled at best and... He's and more a decoy at this point than anything else. And I say this, and he'll go out and pull, like, a T.O. in the Super Bowl and just, you know, 
catch a million passes and make me look like an idiot. But, but you know, I'm not, I'm not unfamiliar with that feeling, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's week four. It's not the Super Bowl. It would be a totally different thing if this is the first week of February. Right. But, it, but the problem not. is that Jerry Jones treats every week like it is the Super Bowl, and so he's going to let him go out there, and it's these things usually end badly for Des Bryant when he tries to play through injuries, historically. It's not a All good right. call. <laughs> okay, so let's let's um, get over our frustration at Des Bryant and move on to some frustrating quarterbacks. And uh, who's on the injury list this week? <sighs> Another list longer than I want to be. Um, the biggest one is Russell Wilson. He's got the sprained MCL. He's questionable. He's going to play. He thinks he's going to play through this. Uh, it's obviously going to affect him. Jacoby Brissett, uh, not brisket as I like to call him. He's questionable with the thumb injury. Jimmy Garoppolo is questionable with the shoulder injury. We're all questionable at knowing who's going to play quarterback for New England this week. And Jay Cutler is questionable with a thumb injury. I sincerely doubt he plays. But, you know, maybe he'll wake up feeling like he wants to be a quarterback and he'll decide to play that week. It's hard to say. All right, if you need a waiver wire option this week, either because Aaron Rodgers and Carson Wentz are on by or because you have one of the quarterbacks that uh, Janet just mentioned, I like Ryan Tannehill in Miami, Trevor Simeon Denver, Sam Bradford, mm-hmm. kind of second-tier option, Alex Smith, same thing. And then if you really uh, have to scrape the bottom of the barrel, there's Cody Kessler and Brian Hoyer. Although I like Kessler well. more than Hoyer. Yes, I agree with you there. But so, who are you loving this week? Since you sound so excited about the waiver wire option. <laughs> uh, lots. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, I think. You know, Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like. I like Blake Bortles to have a good game. I actually like him a little more than Andrew Luck this week, believe it or not. Uh, Russell Wilson. Um, I'm with you there, actually. I'm on board I with like, that. What yeah, surprise. not surprisingly, given my predicted score, I like um, <laughs> I, I like both um, uh, I like both the Carolina and Atlanta quarterbacks a lot. Um, yeah. Let's see what else running down my list here. Like uh, Carson Palmer, like Drew Brees, like uh, Philip Rivers, um, mm-hmm. even Alex even Alex Smith a little bit. Uh, ben Roethlisberger. Those those are the guys that I'm focused on. I'm loving Eli Manning this week, despite the fact I think he's going to throw two picks, um, because he's going to have to throw, since I believe in none of your running backs that are healthy. Really like him, Matt Stafford, Carson Palmer is going to bounce back. Like you mentioned, Philip Rivers is playing the Saints. Pretty much enough said there. Joe Flacco, I think, will have a nice day against Oakland. Trevor Simeon at Tampa Bay, I think, will work out well. Marcus Mariota laid kind of an egg last week, but I think he's got a better matchup here, and he's going to you know, put up some better numbers. All right. Let's move on to the tight ends. Uh, who should we be watching out for on the injury front? For the Jordan Cameron front? is, yeah, well, Austin Severian Jenkins is on a whole other team now, in case you guys missed yeah. that. Not a Tampa Bay Buccaneer anymore. <laughs> no, um, he's, he's, I guess, the the Giants, you know, with, with uh, Josh Brown, the the domestic violence, you know, the Jets had to see that and up in the a trunk yeah. driver. Exactly. So there you go. <laughs> Jordan Cameron's not going to play this week. He's got a concussion. Tyler Eifert was targeting a week four return with that ankle injury. He's listed as doubtful now. He's still been practicing, albeit limitedly. Uh, I think this is going to go down to game time. I'm maybe not going to put all my eggs in that basket this week. Julius Thomas is questionable with an elbow injury. I think he'll end up playing. Delaney Walker, questionable with the hamstring injury. That worries me a little bit more. Keep an eye on that. Charles Clay is questionable with a knee injury. He's playing the Patriots, though, so maybe he's not a great start anyway. Antonio Gates, questionable with a hamstring injury. Didn't play last week, so definitely keep a close eye on that one come game time. Um, But other than that, Gronk's back, so everybody get hyped. (laughs) Not on the injury list anymore. Next week, Brady's back, so, yeah. Not on hey, the maybe he'll come back this, this week. Yeah, next <laughs> week is the suspension bowl, the off suspension bowl with uh, Cleveland hosting New England. But we'll talk about that game next week, probably more than this week. I'm excited for the Sam Bradford so, Bowl next week, but we'll get there. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay. All right. <laughs> tight ends so, this no, week. Who do you no like? Spoilers. We're tight ends uh, <laughs> off the waiver wire. I like Zach Miller with Chicago. 
Kyle Rudolph with Minnesota. Ryan Griffin not getting a lot of uh, publicity, mm-hmm. but he did you know, have a nice game in Houston. Cameron Braid in Tampa Bay now that Austin's Ferry and Jenkins has driven his way off the team there. The yeah. Giants tight ends, Larry Donnell and Will Ty. Uh, Hunter Henry in San Diego, especially if um, Antonio yeah. Reyes can't go. Jack Doyle still sitting out there in India, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of the Indianapolis people. And then if you're really, really desperate and don't mind a drunk driver on your team, uh, Austin Ferry Jenkins, Jenkins is available. Is there. <laughs> so. Uh, so if I were to tell you, so Greg Olson obviously leads everybody in the world in targets at tight ends. Who do you think's number two? Mm, Jack Doyle? I think Kyle Rudolph, believe it or not. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would not have guessed that. That wasn't going to be my next guest either, but that's okay. No, and that's fine. But uh, they segue into our starts. Kyle Rudolph versus the Giants, go for it. He and, and Sam Bradford have crazy chemistry. I don't understand it, but I will work with it. Zach Miller versus Detroit, who gives up the most point, who's given up the most points to tight ends this year. Cody Fleener at uh, San Diego, Dennis Pitta, Eric Ebron, Jacob Tammy, all good matchups this week. Yeah, I agree with um, that. Um, I'm just trying to see. Uh, you mentioned Jordan Cameron. I think um, Jimmy Graham had a he welcome back. He had a the, big week last NFL week. Last week, so he's somebody. You know, Greg Olson. You mentioned Jacob Tammy in Atlanta. Um, Dennis Pitta in Baltimore, I think, will have a good mm-hmm. week. Um, um, you know, Jordan Reed in Washington. Uh, uh, I think, you know, whether it's Gates or Harvey, somebody there in San Diego is going to have a big mm-hmm. week for a tight end this week. Uh, Kobe Fleener in New Orleans. Um, it's a good um, game for tight ends, San Diego, New Orleans. It's a good Travis game Kelsey for in Kansas City. Yeah, Jesse James in Pittsburgh. You know, those are the guys I have my eye on this week. I actually have Jimmy Graham on my sit list this week, so we see that one a little bit differently. Yeah, he had a great game okay. last week. I don't think that it's going to happen this week. Martellus Bennett, not a big fan of. Gary Barnage, Dwayne Allen, or Jack Doyle, either one. Uh, Clive Wolford, I just don't love the matchup. And my boy, Jay Whitdog, Jason Witten, not a go for me this week. Hmm. That's Interesting. Des Bryant's yeah, going to be he, limping around the field. He's only going to be able to run those little underneath routes. So what's Jason Witten going to be able to do? Run little underneath routes on the other side of the field? I don't know. I mean, I hope so, but I'm worried about it. You see, I would actually think that because Des Bryant is either likely to be ineffective or not even on the field, I mean, sure, you've got Cole, Cole Beasley and the Terrence Williams mm-hmm. if he remembers to get no. out of bounds when it counts. No, but, um, don't ever. Yeah, Terrence I, Williams is dead I to think, me. <laughs> I, I think, I'm done with him. I think, I think they're actually more likely to target uh, Witten a ton this week, but we'll see how that turns out. So yeah. um, not not really any tight ends that really you know jump out at me and say stay away from me. But, yeah, so... With that in mind, it's okay, they all jumped out at me. Keep so moving. I got us covered. Okay. <laughs> all right. Good. So, um, how about defenses? Um, yeah, I guess there are no defenses that are injured and can't play this weekend. But, well, JJ uh, Watt's which, injured, and he kind of is the Houston defense. He's on IR. Stephen <laughs> Clowney's still there, and uh, they're, they're yeah. supposed to get um, uh, the, the linebacker whose whose name is escaping me right now. The, the I'm actually guy. still okay with starting the Houston defense this week, despite JJ Watt not being there. Um, I like Arizona. I More like Cincinnati. Playing. Yeah, exactly. Um, Indianapolis and Jacksonville. They're playing in London. That seems like a go for me. Uh, those are ones that the the matchup serves its purpose for me. What about you? I like New England's defense a lot. Seattle. Mm-hmm. Detroit, um, let's see, uh, Arizona, and the Giants. Those are the defenses at the top of my list this week and the ones that I would avoid. I'd avoid Miami and Chicago, Carolina, Atlanta, Baltimore, Washington, Los Angeles, New Orleans, San Diego, San Francisco, Kansas City, so pretty much everyone. 
Pretty much, yeah, the list of defenses I don't want to play is so much longer than the list of defenses I do want to play. Well, for me, it's because I expect a lot of high-scoring <laughs> games this week. I don't yeah, know what I'm, I mean, mine's is, a but... little bit more reasonable than yours, but, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I know I know. we don't normally say we want to start kickers, but I have both Greg the Leg and the Blair Walsh Project on my start list this week, and I just really wanted to fit that in there. I also have your boy Cairo Santos on it, so I'm just getting real wild over here. I, I don't want either of those guys. That's um, fine. I, I, I do. Think, okay, you can have them then because I don't think either of In your world, everyone's scoring gonna... only touchdowns. You don't even want any kickers this week. No, it's, it's just that <laughs> I, I want kickers on teams that score a lot of points, and I just don't see either Los Angeles or Minnesota scoring a lot of points this week. We obviously differ. Actually, we don't differ. We're on Los Angeles, you only have them for 17 points, and yeah, and they're Minnesota all coming 24 points. So on the leg, so Minnesota's going to kick, kick eight field goals. <laughs> I, you're dumb, silly me. I thought they were going to score three touchdowns in a field no. goal. And no, you were you, so you were wrong. Eight field goals. <laughs> Yeah, because that's so much more reasonable. That's how exactly I see this going. Got it. <laughs> um, right, so this so... segues us incredibly in a not normal fashion into uh, some daily fantasy picks. Since we are sure. close to the end of the show here, <clears throat> I'll give you a couple. Um, Drew Brees, Andrew Luck. I'm taking it. Amir Abdul is not on your list this week. Shockingly, he's not. I can't imagine okay. why. Um, but as far as I know people like to stack teams, I like the New Orleans and uh, the Indianapolis stacks this week. I think you're going to get a fair amount of points there, despite, you know, London calling. But Drew Brees, Andrew Luck, uh, Blake Bortles is a great start this week. He and Kirk Cousins still very reasonably priced, particularly Kirk Cousins. Carson Palmer's values dropped a little bit. Um, I, I'm absolutely starting him this week, as well as Joe Flacco. Uh, as far as running backs go, Mark Ingram, Jordan Howard, the price is so right on Jordan Howard. Melvin Gordon, Carlos Hyde, another real bargain that I think you could get a good return on investment in. Brandon Cooks uh, for wide receivers. T.Y. Hilton, no-brainers for me. Emmanuel Sanders. I like Deshaun Jackson because I like the big play possibility there. Tyrell Williams. Uh, I know we both talked about uh, you know, maybe he's more of the second option there, but the price is so good. Terrell Pryor, a mere $4,300 going to put up some yards. Go for it there. With tight ends, Cody Fleener, Dwayne Allen, Zach Miller, Hunter Henry, as long as you know Antonio Gates isn't playing, he's incredibly reasonably priced, and the return was great last week. I expect it to be again. Uh, Kickers, Will Lutz in uh, New Orleans, not a bad there. Uh, Adam Vinatieri, always good. And as far as defenses go, value-wise, I like Washington, Denver, and New England. Uh, Their teams, at least the way I see it, those games aren't necessarily going to be super high scoring. So even if, you know, something does happen, they're not going to hurt you. So there, there's some good values to be had there. You know, an argument to be made for stacking, if that's your cup of tea, there's a couple of good matchups there as well. If you ask the Sherpa, there are definitely games that lean a little bit more towards that. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, there are. Um, so how about just, since we have a minute or so left, what's um, mm-hmm. what surprised you most from a team standpoint? You know, are you still picking Arizona to win the Super Bowl? What's your um, yes. biggest I'm... positive surprise and biggest negative surprise so far in the season been? Let me put it uh, that way. Well, I like that Cleveland hasn't been nearly as bad as I thought they were going to be. I, I like that there are signs of life. There are some good things coming out of there. Arizona is making me nuts as are Tennessee and Oakland because there's so much potential there and they're not doing what I want them to. Um, the Cowboys have surprised me a little bit with, you know, being as functional as they are. And I say that kind of hesitantly. Um, Carson Wentz, huge surprise. I still am not really on the Wentzylvania bandwagon. I don't know if I ever will be, but uh, their, their bye week probably comes at the worst time for them this week. Well, this season. Um, what about you? I would say Minnesota is the biggest positive surprise after losing yeah. Adrian Peterson and going through their quarterback, um, losing Teddy Bridgewater. The fact that they're three and zero is is pretty shocking to Amazing. me. And uh, yeah. <laughs> on the reverse reverse shocking side is that Jacksonville is zero and three. I thought this would be the year <sighs> they finally uh, got their act together, and that just doesn't seem mm-hmm. to be happening. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm with you there, but I'm hoping Jacksonville can rebound. I, I feel like I maybe say that every week, but I'm going to keep saying it. Like, 
waiting for Godot. I'm still waiting for TJ Yeldon and them to get their first win. But it's going to happen. It's going to happen this week. Uh, and we want to hear your questions, your fantasy picks here, and your biggest surprises. So find us all over social media. You can find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page, on Twitter at the number 4THN Inches Show, at Fantasy underscore Sherpa, or JKIM16. Find us all week long at FantasyFootballSherpa.com. And we'll be back with you next Wednesday night at 9 o'clock for another hour uh, with all of our predictions and all the news and notes from this week uh, so that you can make the best fantasy decisions. So good luck to everybody this week, unless, of course, you're playing me.